0: Do something that you're passionate about. It's a tough journey. It's a long journey. So if you enter into it, make sure that you're passionate about it. And it's not just, you know, a cool thing that someone told you about. Mm-hmm. This is one thing. Uh, second, um, surround yourself with people uh, that you trust and people that are positive. It's a tough journey, again, so you need positivity along the journey. And maybe the third part is don't get excited or depressed. Too often about you know, the highs and lows. It's a roller
1: coaster. Welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. Twenty Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make a Wish Israel and Tech to Peace, and is in proud collaboration with Secret Court Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel. J-Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo. And in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. Today, I'm with Guy Bijarano, co-founder and CEO of SafeBreach. SafeBreach is an offensive cybersecurity company for the service of defense. It is the world's most widely used breach and attack simulation platform and the pioneer to set this category in Gartner. The company's patented platform provides a near real-time hacker's view of an enterprise's security posture to proactively predict attacks, validate security controls, and improve security operations center analyst response capabilities. Guy founded SafeBreach together with Itzi Kotler in 2014. Prior to funding the company, Bejirano has worked as a CISO and life person, and Kotler has spent time in 8200 unit in the IDF as a hacker. The company is in rapid growth and have raised 106 million dollars to date. It has tripled its employees number in the past nine months. Currently, with over 150, and they have over 100 major customers. Guy Vendorano, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for being here with me. How are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here, Guy. Um, today you're the co-founder and CEO of Safe Breach, uh, an amazing, amazing company. We just discussed how I have uh, quite a few friends who've walked through your corridors um, looking at breach and attack simulations, cybersecurity, um, obviously, a, a world that, that that is dear to my heart, and then I'm excited to unfold a little bit with you over these 20 minutes. Uh, but your journey doesn't start here. You've acted as a um, executive in the securities field in life, person and mass technologies, and so looking, you know, quite a bit of a journey. And so I'd love to start there, guy. You know, tell me a little bit about your own interaction with the security
0: world. Where does this all start from for you? What draws you into it? Well, actually, what draws, roll me into the security space, uh, it was by accident. Um, when I say accident, I mean literally by accident. I had an accident that kind of took my curse course off, uh, going into the pilot's course in the Israeli Air Force onto security. Uh, so I did, I had no idea what I'm getting into. That was back in the nineties, a long, long time ago. And I fell in love in this, um, you know, um, um, Space that was evolving back then in the days, and did a lot of uh, amazing stuff in the during the service time with a lot of uh, security around the avionics and weapon systems and things like that. Um, build the red team in the Air Force, uh, which was very contradictory to the the, um, um, the back in the days uh, the perception of uh, offense and defense, and really try to leverage uh, a new perception. Um, to the benefit of the defenders and through that, growing to, as you said, you know, a few CISO roles um, and build safe reach uh, started about eight years ago. Wow. So that's in a nutshell. So, tra- drawing on your positions as CISO
1: and in a few organizations, multinational or global organizations, what were some of the key insights that, that you had with you as you were going through those journeys that led to the formation of SafeBridge?
0: Well, I would say a few things. Uh, one, the CISO's role um, is very challenging in a sense that uh, I saw my my role as an executive, um, as the person that needs to translate a lot of technical data into business data and, and business realization of uh, what is our real risk uh, to the company? What are the drivers that can help me to support the business, uh, security wise? And there was nothing in the market that really, you know, helped me to do that. So I realized as back in the days, I was a life person and, and as a cloud platform, a lot of the challenges were to convince the large enterprises to move their, uh, critical data, uh, onto our platform. And we did that through proving our worth in security. And the way you do that is actually, you know, showing behind the curtains or under the wood and really being transparent about what you have and let them challenge you. Uh, so I try to take that to the next level. And I think all those uh, proactive programs that will challenge our security and of our customers. So we you know, won't have to face it first time in production. Um, and then I, I literally hit a glass ceiling because there was nothing in the market that could help me do that. We tried to build some on grown solutions, but none of them was, you know, scalable enough to build a program around it. And I remember that uh, um, the thing that actually got me going and building something of my own, uh, I brought in to you. Whitehead hackers. Um And after they they showed me uh, four ways to hack into our system and get uh, confidential information, uh, I asked them about: uh, Is there a fifth scenario? Is there a tenth scenario or more? And what about the four that they just found or they valid next week or next month? And they had no answer. So they said, you know, we need to retest what we just did, or maybe there is another scenario we didn't think about. We need to keep on, you know, trying. We will probably find it. And one of them um, realized what I'm trying to do. He actually connected me to my my co-founder. And that's how SaveRidge actually started. For looking at, at the
1: world that moment eight years ago, And we're looking at this idea of of, um, attack simulations you know a red team trying to say okay we have you know we we know what we know and we have perhaps solutions or you know defense mechanisms for what we already know we need to be worried of but there's this whole world of unknown right this is sort of the realization that you come to there's this whole world of unknown and there is this skill, there, there, there's these people who have the skill sets to come and challenge and test what I don't know and try to figure that out. Where is the world in position to this from, a, from sort of a market education perspective? Is this a trivial concept? Is this a concept that you then have to sort of explain and educate the market?
0: That's a great question. So first of all, I would say that um, it's not that we know what we know. It's we think we know what we what you know. What do you know? There's a lot of unknowns in what is possibly trivial. So if you take, for example, any, you know, average organization, enterprise or organization today, and you will ask the so are they susceptible to an attack that happened a few months back? If they're not using anything like saferidge there's no way for them to know. So it will be guessing, kind of a hoping, so a hope strategy. Uh, what we've introduced to the market is the first time the ability to really test yourself against something that might happen and using that data to understand how good are your defenses. Uh, I think the market today really changed and shifted uh, for where it was eight years ago. Uh, and you can see the latest um, announcement by the U.S. government uh, and by CISA that actually uh, embraces continuous validation testing. Uh, As part of uh, the standard for enterprise to really uh, um, increase their security efficacy and reduce risk, Uh, and and these are concepts that we've established few years back, and now becoming more and more uh, acceptable by the industry. Right. So, take me
1: back eight years. You're forming this company. You understand uh, the the vacuum, the gap that there exists. You understand the. You, you have a great co-founder, you understand there is these people that you can bring on board, how do you, how do you build this, this monster? How do you
0: build this company from the ground up? Um, I can tell you that we had a plan in advance, but, uh, that wouldn't be true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what we did, we actually partnered with a great VC. So we started by Sequoia. Um, and through that, we started to really listen to the market and the market needs. So we started to work with a few uh, okay. literally through us at uh, a bunch of, sort of enterprise uh, organizations, and we started to work with them and to realize what's working, what's not. Beside um, the enterprise market is our main focus. And through listening to, you know, the need of their CISOs, and we started to build a platform. Uh, at the beginning, we focused only on the red side. And then we realized that the blue side is is very important as well, because it's not just showing an organization that they have gaps, but it's actually to help them to mitigate the gaps, uh, will be critical. Right. So we really shifted through through the years. Um, and that's how, you know, it all started and, and grew. And obviously today, um, you know, we're um, 150 people across the globe. Uh, we started with the wow. US uh, operations, but we have an office in, in the UK, in Singapore, obviously the tech site in Israel. Right,
1: of course. If you're taking, you know, enterprise customers or any, you know, company that, that this would be relevant for, just walk me through sort of the the, the traditional use case of what an, what an engagement with SafeBridge would look like. And I'm sure this is something that you know a lot of people that aren't coming from the cybersecurity scene are curious. Okay, are are there literally people with hoodies sitting around trying to hack into their companies and how, and, and how does this whole thing happen? You no, know, let's let's ground this a little bit as to what actually okay. takes place. From a company
0: perspective. Sounds good. So basically we've, uh, we've built a software solution. Um, uh, it's fully automated and the idea is that we're bringing the attack to an organization in a controlled way. So they, they're using our software to really, uh, play war games within their infrastructure, whether it will be mm-hmm. an on-prem cloud, whatever it is. And through doing that, uh, we have we have a few patents that we've invented that actually enables us to do that in a very fast and easy way, and also in a very safe safe manner. So it doesn't impact your production. So you can actually run real uh, executables in your production uh, in a controlled way, and, see, and then listen to your security controls. We do that through APIs, and we listen to the controls and and try to understand what did they see, what did they try to do. Either they try to prevent our action? Uh, did they detect it? Uh, did they send the right alert to your SOC? Uh, and we then compile all these into one image uh, that, that CISO gets that shows them what their level of, of prevention and detection and how much uh, of everything we threw at them they've missed. Uh, we take all this information and look it back to the security controls so they can you know modify their configuration based on our attacks and make sure that next time Someone launches a similar attack; they will either prevent it or detect it, and actually do what their security controls intend to do.
1: Mm-hmm. So, how do they see safe Bridge? If you're looking at the suite of those organizations and they're looking at sort of the landscape of vendors that they're working with to try and mitigate, you know, the uh-huh. world around them that's trying to defend their ability to operate safely in their core business, and and what in what way do you imagine? that your customers are positioning safe breach in their head or in their, in their sort of cognitive landscape?
0: So we're literally kind of uh, the layer of truth. Right. Um, the actual of what will happen if they will do yes, nothing. So yes, yes. What, What's the right. cost of avoidance? Um, right. We're looking at it from two different angles. One would be the, the security vendor um, and the control validation. So an average, you know, People talk about average of, you know, 70 to 100 tools used by the enterprise today, security tools, the level of complexity is just enormous. Uh, have no real way to really cope with the level of that complexity. Um, and what we do in a simple manner, we show them what's the efficacy of all these controls, not just, you know, against one another, but, you know, let's say that you have 50 different instances of your, you know, the best, the best uh, next-gen firewall in the industry. Uh, you expect that, you know, all the safety to act the same because they're machines, right? Uh, well, guess what? Usually it's not the case. So launching the attack against all of them will show you exactly where they're falling short. Sometimes it's a configuration matter, actually, most of the time. And sometimes it's, you know, a blind spot that a vendor, specific vendor has, And then our customers can go to that vendor and actually ask for a solution. Um, the other side is coming from the threat landscape. So what we've compiled into our, into our software are all the threat actors. You want to test yourself against uh, any ransomware permutation. You want to test yourself against an APT 29, the cozy bear, you know, from Russia. You want to test it against the Iranian, the the Chinese, whatever threat actor out there. We will provide that within the platform and you can actually know exactly how you will cope with them, uh, when the time comes. It's a great tool for CISOs then take this information into the boardroom. And actually talk about real risk. So what's, a, what's the level of risk that we will, will impose, you know, I guess a ransomware attack based on our controls?
1: So it sounds like, and you, you said this in the, very, in the first sentences, it started explaining what the approach is doing. You know, sort of this layer of truth is, okay, let's say when shit hits the fan, right, what actually is going to happen? What is the risk that we are positioning ourselves against? And then being able to test that in a very real way, right? I mean, that's what the whole point is. Let's actually simulate it in a, in a very real environment because this is how it would actually turn out if this was the case, right? Correct. You, how, where is Guy in all of this? If you're looking sort of at you know, your own journey and you mentioned how it all started as an accident and then ver- a variety of sister roles and now an entrepreneur and, and, and CEO of, and thought leader in the space... Where, where do you see yourself in this whole construction as a part of your own personal vision?
0: Um, I love the question. So first of all, I'm enjoying myself because it's, uh, it's all new. It's building is, uh, it's literally trailblazing. It's, uh, going against the, the conception of what I believe is a broken industry, very silent sure. industry and trying to, and, know um, I can, you know, see, you know, uh, today from and after eight years, uh, succeeding to change the, the mindset of the industry, um, so guys, enjoyed that part. I really love the fact that we've managed to make a change into something that was pertinent for me at pain point as a CISO, um, and we've managed to build a solution that provides an answer, a simple answer, I'd say. Um, so I'm enjoying that that moment, and I'm, I'm thinking about okay, how can take that to the next level?
1: So, wow. Is, is, if you look at your own, uh, at your own trajectory as to the world that you're in, is there something in security, you know, as sort of a life mission? Is this something that, that you feel like this is something that I truly enjoy and passionate about? Or are there different things that, that you find that excite you in this world?
0: Well, it's a combination of, first of all, security, yes, definitely. That, you know, security for my entire adult life. And I definitely see that as a mission. Uh, personally, for me, because I don't believe in, you know, if, th- if something is not working and if it's broken. And the fact that people for years uh, have accepted that, uh, that really, you know, kind of bugs me. And I, that, that, that's what, that's what, that's what I drive, my real drive. Besides that, I super enjoy, you know, everything around building a company, interaction with, you know, uh, employees, inspiring, uh, you know, working with customers, learning. Uh, by the way, Even failing—that's part of that.
1: So, what I was curious about, Guy, if you're looking back now, eight years as to sort of this journey that you've been on and this entrepreneurial journey, be putting even security aside for a second, were there things that you're now looking back and saying, "Wow, this is not something I expected. This is not how I thought it was going to feel like or be." Or these are—I didn't expect these to be the challenges that I would be facing as an entrepreneur and as an executive. Do you, do you have any of those examples in mind of things that you're looking back are, wow, this is something that I didn't expect?
0: Oh, yeah, I'd say plenty. Um, I think the, the journey is nothing that, you know, um, it turned to be nothing that I thought of uh, in terms of uh, expecting, you know, the highs the and lows. Um, and I'd say daily examples of uh, activities I didn't think that I would go through. Um, and I find, you know, today, in a in a retrospective, I find as something I really enjoy. So building a company has a lot of aspects that doesn't relate, you know, to security or security market that uh, you need to actually uh, uh, learn and, and grow into. And I think that my personal growth also is something that I really enjoy in, in terms of, you know, being a CEO, first time CEO, um, and learning a lot through that uh, journey. Amazing. And so, if you're looking now to, let's say we're, we're talking to you
1: know, college students, some of them are excited to start their own journey and become first time CEOs. If you have to distill your sort of your ethos now into what is something conceptually that you would advise them to consider or to think about as they're approaching this journey, what, what, is, what, what would you advise
0: to really keep in mind every day? Uh, so, by the way, first of all, I do that today. So part of giving back, I uh, work with young entrepreneurs um, in multiple programs and share my, you know, my scars um, and, and my experience and let them, you know, uh, at least speak from that. The few things that I would recommend any entrepreneur would be, first of all, do something that you're passionate about. It's a tough journey. It's a long journey. So if you enter into it, make sure that you're passionate about it. And it's not just, you know, a cool thing that someone told you about. Mm-hmm. This is one thing. Uh, second, um, surround yourself with people, uh, that you trust and people that are positive. It's a tough journey again. So you need positivity along the journey. And maybe the third part is don't get excited or depressed too often about, you know, the <laughs> highs and lows. It's a roller coaster. Some days you wake up, and say like, what the hell have I done? And some in other days, you think you're, you're on the top of the world, you know, uh I'll take it down a notch and in, in both ways i love it guy i really so want to thank you
1: uh for two fronts one for joining this show and for spending this time with me but also for for the amazing work that you're doing uh, uh with steve Rich, it's a, it's really um inspiring for others on the side and i'm putting myself in that category to see this journey of yours and and, and what you've built and and the concept behind it and the, the excellency that that safe represents. And, uh, and I personally know this just from, from friends who've walked through your own corridors, you know, this culture of excellency and, and where you're, how you're pushing the envelope. And so I, I really want to thank you for, for coming here and for spending this time. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you, Guy.
0: Michael, thank you very much for having me. It was fun podcast. Thank you.